you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. someone a high five and say I'm thankful that he loved me I'm thankful that he saved me tonight that living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified me and freed me forever and one day he's coming back hey one day he's coming back one day he's coming back One day he's coming back. Hey! I want you right now, look at someone and say, living he loved me. Look at him right Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my, my sin far away. Rising he justified me and freed me forever. One day! One day he's coming back. What a glorious day. Are you ready for that day? I want you to put your hands together with me. If you know this, I want you to help me sing here. Living, he loved me. Living, he saved me. Come on. Buried, he carried Sitting far on rising. He freed me forever. that you came to the right church tonight. I wonder if I have any hand clappers in the house. I wonder if I have any sanctified folk in the house tonight. I wonder if I have any apostolic, Pentecostal, holy, rolling, Bible-believing, tongue-talking that's 
ready to go to heaven. Are you in the house? To hey, put those hands together. One day he's coming back. world is not in my home, I'm just chaos in the land, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, but I've got good news for everyone who has the Holy Ghost and is living righteous before God. We're, one of these old days, we're going to be out of here. Amen. Amen. Everyone said praise the Lord. You have your Bibles with you tonight. Numbers chapter 13, verses 26 through 30. Numbers chapter 13, verses 26 through 30. I never take it lightly to bring the word at home. I give honor to our wonderful leadership team. Do you love our leadership tonight? Amen. 
obviously I give honor to my sweet wife. I love her very much. Next week is our one-year anniversary. I had a guy ask me, he said, well, Dylan, how is the wife doing? I said, well, it looks like she has no other choice but to hang out around me now. So I think she's doing all right. She hasn't left me yet. She's still wearing her wedding ring, praise God. Oh, man. It's okay to laugh in church. Half of you haven't laughed all night, smiled all night. It's all right to smile. Look at someone and say, it's all right to smile. Look at someone else, tell them it's all right to be happy. At least I got a half smirk out of somebody. Praise God. Numbers chapter 13 and verses 26 through 30. And they went and came unto Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word to them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us. Thank God for new English. (laughs) And surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great and moreover we saw the children of and not there and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan and Caleb stilled all the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, church, I need your help tonight. How many of you know that God has a word for us tonight? I don't want his word to ever fall upon deaf ears, but I want his word to fall upon open hearts. And God shared with me, he said that he has a work for certain people in this house, and I need you to be open to the word of God. Is that all right? Amen. If you'll help me this evening, 
I want to challenge you on this subject. It's faith vision. It's faith vision. I want you to lift your hands up right now and would you pray with everything that you have right now and open yourself up to the Lord. I want you to pray that his word would come forth with authority and power. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm calling on you tonight. Lord, the word that you have is larger than what I am able to give them. I do not have the words to be able to give what you shared with me, Lord. I pray that you would anoint this vessel. I pray that you would open my lips of clay to speak under the ex the unction of the Holy Ghost. I pray in the name of Jesus that someone would be changed, that someone would be challenged, God. And Lord, everything that the adversary is trying to use against us, I rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. And tonight, Lord, put the devil where he belongs, Lord Jesus. And we'll be quick to give you the praise. And we'll be quick to give you the glory and the honor. We lift up the name of Jesus tonight. Loose the gift of faith in this house. We praise you. We love you. And we honor you. As someone said in Jesus' name, put your hands together one more time and shout unto God with a voice of triumph in this house. Look at someone and say, faith vision, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Life as we know it is ruled by what we have termed in our language, feelings. Or as others would say, our five senses, taste, touch. Smell, hearing, and vision. Our human brains rely on these sensory organs to collect sensory info that it can process what is happening around us. But in the kingdom, you cannot base what is truth upon physical senses. But in order to understand the things of the Spirit, you must learn how to walk in the Holy Ghost. You can't rely on what you see with your physical eye. You can't rely on what you hear with your physical ear. You can't rely on what you smell. But there is something, there are senses that we learn to walk in when we learn to walk in the Spirit. You cannot walk in the Spirit. Spirit and use carnal concepts. Because, ladies and gentlemen, carnality is one of the greatest enemies of the kingdom. You ever meet anyone that's always negative about the church? You ever meet anyone who's always negative about 
building programs? You ever know anyone who's always negative? Well, pastor wants us to give another $500 this month so we can keep a light bill on. I'm not talking to anyone in the house tonight. Y'all are great people. You see, what that really is is carnality. I'm just going to be honest. I would rather handle a spirit from hell than carnality because I can cast out demons, but I cannot cast out carnality. We got to be very careful when the church becomes carnal because what happens is is when the church is heading forward, carnality says, hold on. Do we really need to build that building? Do we really need to give in this offering? Do I really need to worship like he says I need to worship? Do I really need to have a prayer life? Do I really need to have that? Is it really something that I have to? to have. We don't walk after the things of the flesh, but we walk after the things of God. We pray, we give, we fast, we worship, we consecrate, we work for the Lord. It's the things of the Spirit. The reason that we can believe in a God that we cannot see, Pastor, is because of a little word that we know as faith. God is not physical. You can't see him in the physical eye. You can't hear him in the physical ear. You can't feel him with your physical hands. How do we believe in a God that we can't see, hear, feel, taste, or touch? Because we operate in faith. Faith is the fundamental of belief. You cannot believe in God if you don't have faith that he's real. Does that make sense to anyone? The issue is, is honestly, faith goes completely opposite of carnality. You can't be carnal and have faith. And it's amazing some people who say, well, I believe. I believe I have faith in God. I know he's real, but they don't believe that we can lay hands on the sick and they recover. They don't believe that when I lay hands on someone, they can receive the Holy Ghost. They don't believe that. Hebrews 11.1 1 says it like this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the of things not seen. Faith is the thing that when doctors say we're sick, says, yeah, well, I can be healed. Faith is the thing when the doctors give someone no hope that we can say, yeah, but we know that God is more than able. Faith is the thing that they say because your dad was an alcoholic and your mom was an alcoholic, you will be. When they say that, what rises up in it says, yeah, but I know that God is a deliverer. 
people who choose to live in faith are choosing to not live down in the dirt all the time. I know that you don't know any negative people in here. They're always sick. They always have something wrong with them. No one knows the trouble I've seen. No one knows my sorrow kind of people. Y'all don't know anyone like that. But there are some people who do not choose to live in faith. And because they won't live in faith, their adversary will always leave them down and depressed. Well, you don't know how bad it is. Well, you don't know this. You don't know how sick I am. No one knows the trouble I've seen. Well, I wish that someone would say, yes, I know I'm sick, but I know God's a healer. Yes, I don't have any money in the bank, but we know God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. I wish that someone would increase their faith and say, I'm not going to live defeated. I'm not going to live down. I'm not going to live depressed. I'm not going to live with my head hanging below my shoulders, but I'm going to live in faith to know that God is able to do anything I need. Asking you tonight if you will give me a launching pad tonight, but I need you just to touch a couple people and tell them, walk by faith. Come on, look at someone and tell them, walk by faith. God gave Israel a promise to possess a land that did not belong to them named Canaan. And God tells Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to send people into that land and I want them to survey that land. I want them to go in and see what that land is all about. I want to know who's living in the land. What does that land look like? All we have ever done is heard about that land. I want you to go see that land. The question would be is why would God want him to send someone into that land if God already knew what that land looked like? But he says, I want you to send men there. And we read about these men who go into the land They're going up the mountains, they're going down in the valleys, they're going through the wilderness, and they finally end up at a water area, and they find grapevines, and it says that they cut the vines and loaded them on their shoulders. Now listen, if you can load that on your shoulders, it must have been a lot of grapes. I don't know anyone who goes like to Walmart and buys a small little vine and hangs them over their shoulders and walks around like they're normal. But these grapes must have been large enough, Brother Evan, that they could handle them over their shoulders. And they were in that land for 40 days. And after those 40 days, they come back 
into the camp of Moses. And they go to Moses and Aaron and all the elders of Israel and says, Hey, we went into that land that you said that we should go into. And guess what? It's everything that you said it was going to be. It's a land of plenteous. It's, it surely is a land that flows with milk and honey. I don't know if you don't like honey or milk in this place, but you're the weird one. He said, it's a land, Brother Duggard, that's flowing with milk and honey. Anything that we need is in that land. Look what we got. We got this huge vine of grapes. I want to sit this right here and you can eat some. It's everything that you said it was going to be, Moses. Look. Look what we brought from here. This is the promise of God. This is the promised land that God said it belongs to you. I know that there's others living in that land when you should be in that land. But look, this is the land. But Moses, there's one problem. There are strong people there. And it's full of tribes that we could never conquer. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? Tap your neighbor and say, wake up a little bit. He said, Moses, we have evidence that this is that land. But when we saw the adversaries there, when we saw the giants there, when we saw all these tribes We realize that we can't conquer that land. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep a little bit of that land. I'm going to take this vine of fruit here and I'm going to leave it here. And we're going to be happy with just a little bit of God's promise. We're going to be happy with just the vine. But we're not going to go conquer that land with you. All these mighty men of the tribes of Israel go in. And these dudes must have been really bad dudes if they didn't want to go in there. They must have been mighty warriors in there. But they said there's no way that we could go. But there's a man. One of the men that Moses sent into Canaan. was a young man by the name of. Caleb. Caleb was of the tribe of Judah, of Israel. And Caleb is with the congregation who is saying, we saw, we saw the giants, we saw everything, we can't go. But one man that was in that group said, now hold on a minute. Let us go and possess it. For we are more than able to overcome that land. Has anyone had any friends in their life that said something absolutely crazy and you look at them like this? 
There are some people, pastor, that say the craziest things. I feel like they don't have any sense in their mind. My wife says I'm one of those. Whatever. But I can imagine all, all these men look at him and say, you are a lunatic. You're crazy. You think we can go in there? You saw the same thing I saw, Caleb. You saw the giants. You saw the giants in the mountains. You saw the enemy in the valley. You saw everything that I saw. But you're crazy if you think that I'm going to march in there and I'm going to go to war against these men. Caleb was a Jew, and I'm sure that when he was a child, he always heard that God promised Abraham that he was going up to a land that God was going to give the children of Israel. I'm sure he grew up hearing about it. Everywhere you put your feet, I will give. Look out, everything you see on the horizon is yours. And I'm sure that he heard everything. I'm sure he heard it over and over and over and over and over again. And now he is one of the men, not just chosen by Moses, but chosen by God to go into the land of Canaan. He saw the same greats that they saw. He saw the same mountains that they saw. He saw the same valleys that they saw. He saw the great waters that they saw. He saw the enemies that they saw. So I want to pose you a question tonight. What was the difference between him and the others? What was the difference that allowed him to say, let's go and possess it? And the others that said, we can't possess the land. Caleb knew the promise of God. And he had faith vision. I'm talking about a faith that defies everything that the human eye can see. When everyone else is seeing the adversary, he's seeing victory. When everyone sees a land that they can't possess, he's seeing a land that God promised him. I'm talking about faith vision. Ladies and gentlemen, the only way that you can have that kind of vision is if you know God said it and I believe it. End of story. And if God said it, Caleb said, I'm going to stick to the promises of God. I know it doesn't look like we can do it. I know it seems impossible. But God said, that land belongs to me and I'm going to possess that.
When God lets you know this is your promise, don't let any negative Nancy get in your way. When God says this land is yours, don't let any naysayer say you can't reach all of them. Don't listen to the crowd that wants to be mundane and ordinary, but look with faith and say all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Quit looking for obstacles in every God opportunity. I want you to hear this right now. We need to quit looking for obstacles in every God opportunity. But we need to start looking for God opportunities in every obstacle. I'm going to say that one more time. There's some of us in this room. The reason you can't get with me tonight is because all you choose to see is obstacles and everything. But some of us are saying we see a God opportunity in every obstacle that we Look at your neighbor and say, don't be negative. Quit looking for everything that's wrong and every move that pastor makes. Quit looking for everything that's wrong with our new building program that we're about to go into. Don't get upset if we don't sing your favorite song. Don't be upset if we don't sing the old ones like you want us to. And don't be upset if we don't sing the new ones like you want us to. I wish that we could just say, it might not be the way that I want it to be, but I'm not going to focus on the wrong. I'm not going to focus on the negative. I'm not going to focus on the obstacle. I know the building program might take longer than what we want it to, but it's not impossible to conquer. It's not impossible. We need people that will say, Moses, you sent us to that land, and we're going to possess it one way or another. I'll work until my hands bleed. I'll sweat. I'll cry. I'll... This is not even on my notes, but there's too many people who don't lift the pastor's hands up, but rather, you'd rather rip him down. We all want to be the armor bearers until he does something we don't like. When we don't have it our way, then we're going to sit with our arms folded and we're going to see everything that's wrong in the church. Ladies and gentlemen, that's carnality. That's carnality. We don't have room for carnality with the things that God has for us. We've got to get over ourselves. We've got to get over every. 
Let me tell you what this leadership team needs. They need a church that will say, I know you're weary. I know you're tired. I know your vision is big, but we're going to hold your arms up. We're not going to let you go down. We're not going to. As long as the ship of Zion is moving, we're rowing every step of the way. All things are possible through Christ. Greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. No weapon formed against the church shall be able to prosper. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the kingdom of God, you're in a kingdom that will never be defeated. You're in a kingdom that will never be conquered. And everywhere we put our foot, victory follows us. We've got victory through Jesus Christ. No matter what we're going after, whether we're going after revival or a building program, there's nothing that the enemy can do to defeat us. Can I have a couple more minutes? You know, I can always tell the people who have vision and those who don't. I know, babe, that tomorrow at 7 p.m. we're going to Colorado. That's all I can think about. Y'all ever been to the mountains before? I've never been to the mountains before. Some of you people would rather go and feel 95 degrees, but I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Jeremy, that's not me, man. I'm too tubby-tubby to be able to fight that heat. Brother Duggar, I don't want to go sit on a beach and sunburn all day long. That's not me. I don't really get the people who do it, but I'm going to Colorado. I've got a condo up in the mountains in Breckenridge. And I plan on doing absolutely nothing. The first 24 hours, I'm going to put my feet up next to my fire, and I'm going to sit down in that chair and shut my eyes, and I'm turning my phone off. Some people can't even turn their phone off during church. Some people haven't even looked up from their phone yet tonight. And I don't get the people who bring their laptops on vacation. <laughs> hey, Dad, what are you doing? You want to go fishing? No. What are you doing? Looking at my calendar. Mom, if I tell him to quit, I'm going to get in so much trouble after this. Dad, no matter how much you look at that calendar, it's not going to change. 
is like abracadabra vacation time. Go. I can't tell you how many times. And you know what? There are times when church saints need their pastor, and I get it. And I've lived my whole life sharing him with all of you. But there are some people when we get on vacation, I'm pretty sure you call him more times than you call the name of your wife in 24 hours. <laughs> Pastor, pray for me. What's wrong, sis? I got cancer. Y'all, it's okay if I be honest. You're not calling my phone next week. I'm gone. I'm going rogue. I'm going off the map. I'm going to live in the wilderness. I'm pretty sure that God chose me to be John the Baptist in Colorado. But my point that I'm trying to make, Nate, is that when someone is excited about something, when someone is excited about where they're heading to, that's all that they think about. It consumes every thought. It consumes everything that we do. And I know, I know the people that have vision, when we talk about growth and revival, when they stand on their feet and say, let's do this in Jesus' name. Let's grow a church of 5,000 people in a little cornfield. Well, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know if we can do that. You don't know the culture that we live in. Let's go possess the land because we are more than able. I'm a revivalist. I'm a visionary. My visions and dreams sometimes are larger than what that I can comprehend sometimes. This city is a city of 18,000 people. And my vision for a church is a church of 18,000 people. Now, Dad, we're going to have negative people along the way. We're going to have people that say, we can't do that. You don't know. Do you not know where we live? We live in the city where people put on their overalls and their boots, and they go to Frito-Lay for 13 hours a day, and they have something that they do every day. If you think you can win everyone, you're out of your mind. Well, you can think that if you want to, or you can join the team and say, we're going to win 18,000 people to Jesus Christ. We're going to teach Bible studies. We're going to run a bus ministry. We're going to run a bilingual ministry. We're going to run a jail ministry. We're going to run a recovery ministry until we see everyone Filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you to touch two or three people and say, get your vision back tonight. Get your vision back tonight. I know it looks impossible, but with God, all things are... people in here tonight who have lost their vision of their promise because the adversary has made himself look unbeatable. 
You know, I really believe, I, be, I believe that when they went into Canaan, I believe that their enemies were ready. If you don't live ready, you're going to be overcome. That's why that in the great U.S. of A., we have airplanes in the sky at all times. We have boats on our all over. We got fences and walls and we got everything and, and we're ready for any foreign or domestic enemy. We're ready. And you can't tell me that even way back in those days that they were not ready for battle. You see, because war nowadays is done completely different than it was done back then. Back then, all of a sudden you would rake up and there would be 20,000 horses and chariots on your hillside. But I believe that, that the adversaries, that they saw all the ites, I don't even know how many they were. I call them all the ites. They're all the same. Amalekites. We going to be all right. I don't even know what to call them all. But Brother Danny, I believe that they were ready. I believe that there were some that they sent up on the hillside and they said, I want you to go ahead and set a village here. And then I want you to go down this, the Ishkabites. I want you to go down into the valley. I want you to set up walls and kingdoms. I want you to set the walls so large and so big around that we look like we're 20,000 strong. And I believe that their adversary's plan of defense was to make themselves look larger than what they really were. That's the real reason why that they said we can't outdress this. Look at the adversary, brother. Look, they're on the mountainside over here. They're on the valley under here. They're sitting on the river waiting on us here. There's no way that we can possess this. You know, that's exactly what the devil does. The devil is nothing but a fallen angel. And let me just say this. Small things, they cast large shadows. And what happens is God gives us promises, Brother Evan. God says, you're going to do this. You're going to have this ministry, Brother Nate. You're going to do great things for me. And you say, okay, I'm going to walk in my promise. And you get there and you go. There's a problem waiting for me here. I don't know if I'm going to have the financial ability to do this promise. And all of a sudden, instead of looking at the land, instead of focusing on the honey and the milk, we focus on the obstacles. Are you with me tonight? I was praying to God. I said, Lord, I need a fresh word. I need something that I can bring here because we are, we are in a season that we are possessing land that belongs to us. We are possessing harvest fields that belong to us. God said, 
I'm going to give you what? The keys to this city. That's not just one part of the city. That's not just the white people. Hello? That's not just an all-white church. There's, there are areas that we have not even walked into, and we're beginning to walk into them. But all we see is obstacles. Well, we don't speak the language. Well, their culture is completely different than ours is. How, how are we going to have a multiracial church? Pastor, I don't think that we can sing songs in Spanish. think we can do it. I'm worried about this. I don't know if I can. How can I teach Bible studies in Spanish? And all we're looking at is obstacles everywhere. I was praying this week and I'd be lying to you if I said God was speaking to me in an audible voice and he was not. And I felt like the more I prayed, the less I heard. And last night I was at a missions conference with a missionary from Congo. Urban. You want to know what he said? He said something so powerful. And God said, that's your word. He said, if you will catch his vision, he will send you provision. If you will catch the vision of the kingdom, the kingdom will provide. If you catch the vision to build a bigger building, God's going to provide the finances. If you catch the vision to have a recovery ministry, God's going to send you every tool that you need. I don't want to have vision of the carnal things. I want to share a vision with the kingdom. And if we would catch the vision of God, God would send us everything that we've ever needed. There's no obstacle too great. There's no wall too big. There's no adversary too large. But with God, all things are Look at someone and tell them, I've got faith vision. I've got faith vision. I know it looks rough, but i got faith vision. I know it looks impossible, but I've got faith vision. after me, is that all right? I want you to say the revival is not impossible. Hold on, some of you can't say it loud because you're seated. Why don't we all stand? Now, there, that's better. I want you to repeat after me. The revival is not impossible. you to say the promise is not impossible. I want you to say the land is not impossible. Now, I want you to say this with me. Let us go. For we are more than able to overcome.
speak, I can't speak about everybody tonight. I can't speak about your obstacles that you're facing. I can't speak about the problems that you're facing because I don't know your issues. But I'm going to share with you the obstacles that I'm fighting. The Lord has promised me a great revival in this city. speak honest from my heart tonight. Is that all right? The multicultural community of this city, the multicultural community of this city needs Jesus Christ. And over the many years, there have been churches that have come and gone come and gone, come and gone, come and gone. And it's left a lot of people very hurt, very broken, pain from past issues and mistakes. Ladies and gentlemen, there are times that I feel like the land that God has promised me is too large for me. If you didn't know this about me, I don't speak Spanish. Lord promised me that revival years and years ago. And I always wondered how. How is it going to happen? What are you going to do? How, how are you going to give me everything that I need for this? But God has a way of aligning footsteps together. God knew that there was going to be a young lady move from Rancho Cucamonga, California to Tyler, Texas and it was just going to so happen that we were going to meet and we were going to become one that's not a man door brother Jeremy that's a, that's a God door all I had to do was I had to catch his vision and God sent me all the provision I ever needed. And there are people in this room that God has promised you things. I believe, Pastor Jordan, that everyone in this room has a ministry. God did not call you to sit on a church pew for the rest of your life. God did not call you, Brother J.D., just to pay your tithes and go home. God did not call you just to be ordinary. He didn't call you here just to fill a seat. Just imagine what would happen to this congregation if everyone got involved in ministry. But the promise land looks like I can't conquer it by myself. You know what? You're absolutely right. You can't conquer it by yourself. But the issue is, is you don't realize that you're not by yourself. We're not alone. The revival for Christian Life Church is larger than what we are. But we're not alone. 
we don't have everything that we need right now, but we're not alone. We don't have all the things that we need. We don't have the nicest instruments. We don't have the nicest lights. I'm thankful for everything that we have, but we're not alone. We don't have the millions of dollars to chase the promise, but we're not alone. But if we would just catch the vision that God would have, he would send everything that we would ever need. I wonder if there's anyone in this room tonight that would say, I want to catch the vision. I want to catch the vision. I want to catch the vision that God has for revival. I want to catch the vision to reach the lost. My promise is not too great. My promise is not too hard. But with God, all things are possible.